Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs. And sometimes I know there's this like ideology that like everything needs to be about your acting career. I'm like, no, you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. If you need to get a day job, if you need to get a survival job, if you need to get two survival jobs, do that so that it can supplement your artistry. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Huh? What's the there's some damsels in the DM. Yeah. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them, yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them, we just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren, and I am still by myself today here in the south of France, and this is part two of the Can episode. This time, we get the pleasure of interviewing Salu, Gina, um, Ashley, and Kulan, who are all incredible actors, part of the ones to watch from the We Audition community. It was so inspiring getting to talk to these people, and I think it even though I've been pursuing acting for a long time, it made me start to view the craft in such a different and more innovative way and just see how people who are succeeding in this career have such a passion that really drives them. And it becomes less about like the success of succeeding in a career and more just about the passion for the art that they're pursuing. And I think that's what I've really taken away from getting the pleasure of interviewing the ones to watch is just that they have a fire inside that's really driving all of them and including the founders, um, Richard and Darren, to create this platform that benefited actors. It comes from more than just um, career success. It really comes from a passion inside of them and a real want to help other people and other people to succeed in the community. And I think that that is so powerful, especially because in a career where we're often put against each other as actors, it feels like it can be really easy to view this as a competition instead of just a way to support one another. And I think that's what We Audition really succeeds in doing. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode and get to hear these stories from these amazing actors. Okay, so if you could just tell our listeners your name and what about your journey, any challenges you faced, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So my name is Salou Sisse. I'm a West African Sierra Leonean film and TV actor in Hollywood. As far as struggles, my I can like really be real with you guys on this one. There's there's many, you know. At one point in my career, I, when I first moved to LA, let me give a little bit of backstory. When I first moved to LA, I lived with a real estate agent and she was very fond of me. I rented a room in her house and she said to me, she's like, you know, you should buy a house here in California because it made sense. Rent goes up every mm -hmm, year. Mm -hmm. uh, some places are rent controlled. Yes. Yeah. So, and others may not be. So bought a home in, a, bought a home in LA uh, in 2015. And then after living there for a few years, things weren't taken off. And I remember my mother telling me, she was like, you know, Salu, in my language, she said, what you do you know, go just sell the os. So translation is, why don't you just sell the house and move, move back, you know? And I was like, no, I just knew, you know, you kind of have to know in your heart of hearts that there's yeah. something there that you will succeed. 
you know? Um, and so I stuck it out. That's one sort of obstacle because I love my mom Mm -hmm. and, you know, we all love our family members, but we have to know beyond the shadow of a doubt what it is we want to do. Yeah. Um, also to get personal, I was married, uh, and about five years into it, my ex at the time was just kind of like, I, I, she just couldn't feel like she couldn't hack it anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't blame her because it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. And I was kind of given an ultimatum at that time where it was like either me or your mm-hmm. your career. And I mean, let's face it, like you could always find another husband or wife. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Many let's, soulmates. Many soulmates, many fish yeah. in the sea. So I decided to stick with this. And now here we are, yeah. you know, in the month of February, I was at the Berlinale. Oh. I did a movie with Adrian Brody, Jesse Eisenberg, Riley Keough is an executive producer on there, um, Odessa Young, and the movie is phenomenal. It had its world premiere at Berlin LA. I got to walk the red carpet. You know, that feeling of like, I've reached a level of success. Mm. Obviously, there's way more stuff to be done, mm-hmm. but that was very humbling. And, yeah. you know, it was a nice reassurance that indeed, I made the right decision. Definitely. How did you know that you wanted to be an actor originally? That's another wonderful question. Uh, So when I went to college, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to study. And I remember taking an elective, a theater elective, Mm -hmm. where we kind of watch movies or read scripts. And then we talk about like a synopsis. Mm -hmm. I just remember enjoying that thoroughly, you know, the analysis and the breakdown of a script. And then I auditioned for a play, The Laramie Project, Mm -hmm. the play about Matthew Shepard, the young boy from Laramie, Wyoming, who was gay and they beat him up and left him out there to die. Yeah. And I was in that play and I had like seven different roles as a freshman. Here I am, this freshman, no real background except for like auditioning for this thing. And I love my audition was so phenomenal. It was like an out-of-body experience, you know? Wow. And um, then I did the play and audience members, I just remember them going like sniffling on some mm. of the parts, on some of the characters I played. And I thought, oh, yeah. Then at the very end, they'd come up and like, can we get your autograph? And I thought, wow, okay. There's like three different forms of affirmation here telling me that, okay, well, I'm this might be it for me. Yeah. You know, and so that's what got me into it, theater. That's where I started in the theater. And I love theater. Anytime I go to New York, I try to catch a show, mm-hmm. you know, and ultimately that's a goal of mine to be able to do Broadway um, in New York and do theater. That's amazing. And I think it's so true when you start to feel like little affirmations that the universe is telling you it's important to listen to them, even if it means leaving your significant other. <laughs> And you know, it's such a weird time right now happening with the strike. And I think a lot of our listeners are predominantly actors and they're feeling like, you know, I'm just an actor starting out. What am I supposed to do during the strike? What are some of your plans during the strike? And what do you think you're going to do in this time period that may be a little bit more quiet than usual? Well, for one, I have a quote and I always say, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently in class uh, with Ivana Chubbick. Okay. That's, I took uh, that <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So obviously, you know where her studio is in, in Hollywood on Melrose. And I've been in her studio for maybe eight years now, seven, eight years, ever since I've come to LA. I mean, that's pretty much been where I study. Um, so staying ready in class, I stay fit. I love working out. I just worked out earlier this morning, reading, right? Mm-hmm, reading, mm-hmm. reading things that, because as an artist, I've really grown as a person. So there's an author I really love, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I love his book, Becoming Supernatural. He's also got a series of other books. Um, obviously, Ivana Chubbuck's book, The Power of the Actor. Yeah. The Intent to Live, Larry Moss. Uh, Susan Batson has a book called Truth. 
Um, I'm just an avid reader. I say read, so 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 exercise the mind, uh, exercise the spirit. I love meditation, prayer, mm -hmm. journaling. Mm -hmm. um, so the mind, body, body, exercise, spirit. I think keeping all those three sharp because when that opportunity comes, it's like somebody pitches at you. You want to crack that thing and hit a home run. You know, yeah. I think that's what happened to me with my booking on Manadrum. I was just ready. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that was my third audition of the day and I just I hit it. Mm -hmm. So I would say just stay ready. And I'm writing too. I'm writing with a guy named Scott Barkin. He's with CAA. Mm. So I'm taking a class with him um, because I do love to actually write and direct and mm -hmm. produce as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm just doing those things right now to keep myself occupied, auditioning as well. Um, and I oh, and I have two kids. I have, a, mm. I have a beautiful little girl. She's not little anymore. She's 11 going on 30. <laughs> I used to do <laughs> my peeps. Uh, and my son, uh, Salu. Salu's eight. So spending time with them is just, ah, oh man, I love being a father. Mm. That is like, that's my that's my jam. Yeah. 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 That's a lot to balance too. Well, we're going to ask you a question later about your routine, which I'm really curious about because I know the balance only comes from also having things that you commit to every day, 100%. But I want to ask before we get into it, because I know people are like, okay, how can I be him? How can I have that same type of success? So what are some tips that you have for actors who are just starting out? I would say success always leaves clues. So the like YouTube, right? YouTube, the Hollywood reporter, roundtables, um, there's all these interviews. Recently, I've been watching a lot of interviews with Mahershala Ali. Mm. Um, obviously, just all the interviews you see, listen, learn. You'll notice even the A-listers, they produce. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's finding a script and optioning a book or a play, whatever, somebody's always working on something because work begets more work. And I will say enterprise is much, much easier than, than ease. Mm. You know, once you do finally book that thing, Obviously, you get the footage, you can edit the footage, and then you can showcase something that you've done. Um, and that'll get you more work. Then you get more footage and you build on that on your demo reel till eventually people are familiar enough with your work to where you don't really need a demo reel. Mm -hmm. You know, you have the credits and you work with certain individuals that are more credible only because they've been doing it for longer, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think you mentioned that this is your first time here at Cannes, correct? Or mm, no? This is my second. Your second time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how has this time been different from the first time that you were here? Mm -hmm. And I mean, you're here with We Audition. You're one of the ones to watch. I know that that's like such an honor. But what does it feel like this time? Like, what's the energy and what's this experience been like? Wow. Yeah. This It's a vibe this time. Yeah. It's a full-blown vibe. Uh, we're staying in this mansion. That's for one. You know, we all uh, got our own tickets, but I mean, so that way we have some skin in the game. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a dog in the fight, but then to be able to stay in a mansion like this, that's got, I don't know how many bedrooms. Um, we all have a beautiful space that we stay in. Uh, we move collectively as a group. Uh, so each person navigates and meets someone and then introduces that person to somebody in our group. And it's been that, it's been, we're working with PR which means we're getting into very special functions with individuals who are actually doing it and who, you know, we can learn from, who we can connect with, who we can begin to build relationships with. And there's been a lot of that. Um, the first year I came was last year mm -hmm. uh, and I came solo, but you have to step out in faith. I'm glad that I came solo when I came last year. I became very close friends with a friend of mine named Joe, Jake Robarts. His dad is an Oscar winner. Wow. Um, 
and him and I became close. We're in class together up on a studio. He introduced me to another friend, Chad Wasser. And Chad gave me a recommendation to 42 West, same PR firm in New York that does Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, uh, Guillermo del Toro. So relationships are built when you step out in faith. Mm. I'd spent my own money to get a hotel, spent my own money to fly myself to Cannes last year, same thing this year. Um, and it paid, I was paying it forward. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we got to do things and we have to have delayed gratification. You may do something now and not see the benefit for maybe a year, two years, even five or 10 years down the line, but you still want to do that thing. Mm. You know, you still want to plant that seed. Yeah. No, I know that's a hard one for me to swallow too, that sometimes you don't see the gratification mm -hmm. right away. And I know yeah. it's a hard one for my boyfriend <laughs> who feels like he's invested a lot in my career. And he's like, okay, I'm waiting, <laughs> waiting girl. Yeah. Um, but I want to, you mentioned a little bit before about how your dad and mm -hmm. you talked about meditation, you talked about working out. Our podcast is really into morning routines and we're into healthy mm -hmm. habits that allow you to be the best version of yourself. So I'm curious if you have things that you need to do every day. And it's really hard when you're here in beautiful Penn, you know, and yeah. you have all of these events, <laughs> but what do you feel like you need to stick to every day? Well, for one, I like like this morning before you came, I exercised. Um, one thing that's different, excuse me, this year from last year, um, for the most part, I'd say, let's say we've been here for seven days, seven nights, eight days, five of the seven nights, I'm in bed by midnight, actually. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, <laughs> everyone's trickling in at three, four, five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. I'm already asleep. And then I'm up by about 730, maybe earlier, maybe six. And then I, I work out. Um, I think a big one is journaling that I've kind of discovered. I have this thing called a passion planner mm. and it gives I you, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, they need to plug me with a little something. Yeah. I'm hooking y'all up right we'll now, reach out, <laughs> reach out to them. But, um, the passion planner friend told me about, and at the end of every month, you get a monthly reflection with a series of prompts and you get to evaluate how you spent your past month. So if there's things you didn't like that you did, you can change it the following month, right? Mm. And then I like prompts um, I got from a book. For one, for one in the morning, the one prompt I like to use is, Salu, I'm proud of you for, and then I write seven things I'm proud of myself for. Mm. Salu, I'm proud of you for being a homeowner. I own two homes, wow. one in LA, one in Atlanta. Salu, I'm proud of you for being a business owner. I have an LLC. Mm. I do rentals, you know, Airbnb. And, and then Salu, I'm proud of you for being a father, for being a good father for always staying in contact with my kids, calling them, texting them, making sure they're okay, telling my daughter that I think she's beautiful, that she's smart, that she can do anything she puts her mind to, telling my son the same thing, you're handsome, investing in them. Salu, I commit to my acting career, taking acting classes, reading the acting books, Michael Shirtleff. I'll be on the stair stepper at the gym doing an hour of cardio, reading my book. Salu, I commit to physical fitness. And then the next thing I do is I journal seven times again, things I forgive myself for. Right? I won't be specific on those because it's kind of personal <laughs> yeah. because sometimes our blessings are blocked because we feel unworthy. We don't feel like we deserve it. Mm -hmm. Right. So we self-sabotage in a really weird way. And then the last thing I write is Salu. Um, so all oh, the last things I commit to, I commit to this. I'm proud of you for, I forgive you for the last thing is I commit to, I commit to my kids. I commit to my acting career. I commit to my physical fitness. That way, when these obstacles come along, they won't throw you off track. Mm -hmm. They won't make you want to quit. 
It's like GPS. When you make a wrong turn, GPS can go up, you messed up, you're done. Yeah. It goes rerouting and you continue on the journey until you get to your destination. Well, I know that one's going to be the quote of the episode. <laughs> that was so beautiful. Um, and I think I'm going to have to get myself one of those journals. That's really nice. And then my last question for you, and this is kind of a funny one. What is the craziest, most inspirational, intriguing, or just funniest DM that you've ever received? Because we're damsels in the DMs. Right, damsels in the DMs. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. I don't have very many, you know, I'm very physically fit. But I don't. I also don't post a lot of thirst trap things to where like I get a lot of women sliding in my DMs. Uh, but periodically, periodically, depending on like if I do a show, like I have a show out right now called Broken Seeds, and there's a pretty intense, uh, you know, love scene in there. And you know, you'll get things where people message. But for the most part, I don't. I don't really give out that vibe. So mm -hmm. it's nothing too crazy. One of the coolest things I got was from a kid in like, I think Germany, a young kid, and he just reached out to me on my webpage actually and he was like hey could I have an autograph you know and that was probably the most meaningful message that I've probably ever gotten to think that like I could impact a kid in Germany yeah and I could be the person who sparks you know something good in them whatever that is you know that was heartfelt I do have a thing for the youth you know my father left when I was 15 mm. so for me being able to give back to the youth is something that I really want to do after, my father's a great guy, you know, but he had a dream, he had a passion and he went for it. And my parents ended up splitting up and that's life. Um, but I just know that it's, it's, it's a different thing when you don't have a father, it's, it's a little harder. Yeah. And I'd like to be able to try to encourage fathers to stay in the picture. I'd like to always try to talk to the youth that are fatherless into just knowing that, you know, it's not the end, that there's still hope. Yeah. 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 Well, that was really beautiful. And thank, thank you for sharing so much of your journey with us and all of this advice for our listeners. Where can people find you and stay up to date with your work? Sure. So I'm on social media. I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and it's at Salu, S-A-L-L-I-E-U. I have a fitness page. If anybody's into that, it's at Salu underscore fitness. And then my webpage, salusase.com. And then of course, for the people I want to get to work with, it's uh, IMDB. I'm on IMDB and you can see all my credits, my demo reel, et cetera. Yeah. Okay, I lied. One more question. Did yeah. you send the kid in Germany your autograph? So listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, I I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to. Um, and it sucks. But if you listen, if you're listening, though, <laughs> reach back out and I'll, I'll work on it. Because I didn't, at the time, I didn't have anything. Like now I have a couple of posters that I hang up on my wall in my home uh, for things I've done. But at the time, I didn't have a whole lot that I'd done. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, gosh, you know. Your headshot. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good suggestion. So yeah, so moving forward, I will definitely be sending things out. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So now you can reach out for autographs, but not too many. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you so, so much. Okay, so we are back. Do you mind just telling our listeners your name and a little bit about what your journey was like to get to where you are today? Uh, yes. Hi, I'm Ashley Morgan. And I took, I feel like, more of a traditional route. Okay. I started off... Well, sort of traditional. I did modeling when I was a kid. Okay. And then I, um, in college, decided I wanted to pursue acting. Um, I didn't know that was something you could do. Tell us the college. <laughs> yes. So, University of Akron. Okay. So okay. My voice is so raspy. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I had switched my minor. I had to have a minor. I started doing um, theater for non-majors. And I was just 
taken away. And I was like, this is so cool. But never in a million years did I think that you could pursue this professionally. And I'm from the Midwest. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to college, get my degree, and then work my job. So yeah, then I started doing a lot of background work. Mm. And because I wanted to learn um, film etiquette. And because I didn't know anything about the film, mm-hmm. I know anything meant. So I was like, what better way to do it than like being in the background where I can still see everything and get paid as well as have experience. Did that, did stand-in work. Um, I was like, okay, I think I want to continue to pursue this. And that's when I decided to make the giant leap to move from Ohio to LA. Mm. And it has been challenging yet rewarding. Yeah. So yeah. Did you have a moment where you were like, okay, I, I know I want to be an actor. Like, did something switch for you when it switched from being like a hobby to something like, oh no, this is my career? So when I was younger, I mean, I, when I was in high school and middle school, I also did like drama club and I did musicals. So I was always mm-hmm. around the arts. I've always had a desire and love and passion for the arts. I just wasn't aware that you could pursue it on a professional level. Mm. Or I just, maybe I was aware. I just didn't know if it was accessible for me. I didn't know how to get into it. Um, so I feel like what, because when I went to college, I was going to pursue um, psychology. I wanted mm. to be uh, a psychiatrist. So I think, but you know, when you do something and you, you know, it's not for you, that you don't feel yeah. that, um, you don't feel like you're called to do it. You don't get that like warm feeling in your stomach. You don't get excited about it. And yeah. I was like, I would love to teach. I love to help others, but I was, it wasn't my thing. When I started doing the theater classes, I was like, oh, I really enjoyed this. This is fun. You know, like, and then, you know, through then doing the background work, I was like, oh, people can do this professionally. And that's when I was like, no, I need to do this. Yeah. And when I came to LA the first time before I moved, I was like, oh, no, I need to be here. This feels right. This makes me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I feel like it came to me a little later that I could actually do it, but I feel like it was always in me. But once I found out that I could actually do is when I started putting the momentum behind it. Mm -hmm. One thing we talk a lot about on the podcast is how like sometimes it's not just talent. That's what makes a career, but it's so much about the persistence aspect of it. Have you had any challenges that you've had to overcome um, in order to continue to pursue this career? You got time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the biggest challenge I can remember was just you know, getting acclimated to a new town. And Los Angeles, as everyone knows, is a huge place. Mm-hmm. And so coming from a smaller town to LA was like, a, it was like jarring for me. And there's times you're like, can I do this? And it's not just like figuring out where everything is, but also just the cost was so much more than I ever had spent in my life just to survive. Yeah. So like not giving into excuse me, the fear of, am I going to make it? It's just more of how am I going to make it? Not am I, how? Mm. What actions do I need to take to take care of myself? And sometimes I know there's this like ideology that like everything needs to be about your acting career. I'm like, no, you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. If you need to get a day job, if you need to get a survival job, if you need to get two survival jobs, do that so that it can supplement your artistry. And when I first moved here, I was trying to do both Mm -hmm. but like my livelihood was plummeting because I was trying to focus on my artistry because I love what I do I was like no no no, I need to take a step back I need to work I need to be able to pay my bills so then I can have the energy mentally physically emotionally spiritually to put into my artistry Mm -hmm. 
So I feel like overcoming the idea that I needed to just be taking acting classes, even if I can't afford it. I should be getting headshots, even if I can't afford it. It's like, no, 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 take care of yourself, save up, and then do the things you need to do. Because, you know, because sometimes if you're forcing yourself, you won't have the energy to do it anyway. You know, you're getting auditions, but then you're, you know, you're exhausted because you're working four hours or four hours. So you're working all these jobs to just supplement your livelihood. And it's just a lot of back and forth. So finding that rhythm, which I'm still trying to do eight years later, <laughs> of just like, okay, how can I take care of myself and my artist self mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and have that balance has been a huge thing I've had to overcome over the last <laughs> years I've been here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that and just like trusting yourself, you know, this industry is really tough and it's so easy to compare yourself, but we have to remember that our uniqueness is what is going to get us opportunities, not mm -hmm. trying to follow some person's path to success. That too. I feel like when I moved to LA, I was always like, this is the way you have to do it to be successful. So I was trying to follow all these steps and I was like, why is nothing happening? And I realized that our journeys are so unique to our own experiences mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and tapping into that will give you way more longevity than trying to emulate some kind of formula someone has created for you. 100%. I love that. And I think what's so important about what you said is that like, I feel like people in this industry, they always try to say like, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Like if you've got new headshots, you're going to be mm -hmm. successful. If you take this acting class, you're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And really like not everybody follows the same path. Mm -hmm. There's multitudes of way, even like, you know, just meeting somebody here at can can help you with your career. Like you just have no idea what that spark is going to be that really helps to move the needle in your career. So on that end, do you have any tips for actors who are just starting out, who actors who are watching you right now being like, I want to get to where she is today? What would you advise people to do? Yeah, um, I would advise you to save your money, <laughs> work so you can take care of yourself. Yes. Um, find a place where you enjoy learning about the craft. Yes, take classes, but actually learning about the craft, learning how to do what we do because it is a craft it is mm -hmm. a, you can some people have the natural talent but they still need to hone in on their craft so finding a place where you it feels like home where you can learn where you can be explorative where you can challenge yourself um, because the more you know and the more um, you learn in the craft the more longevity you'll get as well so I definitely would start with finding somewhere to learn the craft and putting yourself on tape mm -hmm. um, at home you don't have to pay any money. Yeah. If you have a monologue, if you have a scene, you can use the audition to get a reader. You can have friends do it and just watch yourself on on film, on camera and learn how you move organically or just record yourself. Actually, no, someone told me this. Record yourself having a conversation, not like some script or anything. <laughs> this yes. right now? Yes. <laughs> and then watch how you how you speak and how you move and then see how organic it is. Mm. So then when you are doing your work you can see if it's organic or if you're gesticulating or moving too much or, or just watch yourself that was something I learned recently was like watching my tapes mm. and just watching myself and seeing things how I how I think I'm doing something might not be perceived the same way so like being aware of that I think is important and lastly having a strong community because that is what is going to supplement you through your career. Having people lift you up, support you, encourage you, challenge you, yes. hold you accountable. Having my foundation of people, friends, colleagues, other actors, classmates, 
helping me on this journey, I probably wouldn't be family, friends from home. I wouldn't be here. Mm. Like my foundation, my community is what has propelled me forward. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. And I think that everybody who's listening right now, it's kind of a scary time with what's going on with the strike and especially with SAG about to strike now. Mm -hmm. And I think for actors who are just starting out, it's even a little bit scarier because like, you know, people who have been here a little bit longer, you know that there's going to be ebbs and flows in this career. But for people who are about to experience their first strike, it's a little bit like, how am I going to ride this wave to continue on and what's going to happen? What are some things that you're going to focus on during the strike? And what do you think you're going to do while it's a little bit quieter in town? I love that. Yeah, I feel like the strikes need to happen. Mm -hmm. So instead of uh, allowing fear to drive us and the what ifs, just allowing it. Mm. We can't control anything. It's going, it's happening. And SAG is probably going to strike as well. Um, so instead of being like, oh, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Instead of leaving that fear, it's just like, no, let's let them figure it out. Mm. Because what comes on the other side of this will be so much more beneficial for our careers. So during this time, and we have so many ways to be creative. Um, I am writing a play, an immersive mm. play with my classmates. Wow. So okay. yeah, um, I, it's been such a fun experience to be explorative from the creative writing side of, yes. that, of it. And so yeah, we're finding ways to create our own work. So we're writing a play. I'm writing some scripts. I am just um, learning how to TikTok. Um, <laughs> <laughs> learn how to TikTok. Um, I'm learning. I'm just learning. I'm like watching films awesome. as we've been doing. I am also like watching interviews of mm. directors. This about, one? Maybe. Right? Yes. <laughs> Writers. Um, I came to Cannes. Yeah. <laughs> so I could meet other people and find other ways to be productive during this time. Totally. So instead of me looking at like a lull, I'm using it as a way to find other ways I can be a part of the entertainment industry and other skills I can tap into or perfect during mm. this time. Mm -hmm. Instead of like waiting for it to end, I'm like, no, I'm going to utilize this time to better myself. Yeah. So then when we come out of this, I've acquired these skills or perfected these skills that can help me alongside my journey. Awesome. I love that. Um, so speaking of you coming to Ken, yes. what's your experience been like here and how has it been like being one of the ones to watch? Wow. It is an honor. I'm like pressing buttons. It's an honor. I mean, wow. I didn't know what to expect. Like I knew, I guess like my friends have described it as like the Oscars of film festivals. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, cool. I understand that. But like, I just didn't understand how massive it is. People, events, parties, screenings, panels, everything. And also to see that, um, cause I've been to Sundance multiple times, but to see a festival from the market side mm. has been so fascinating. I didn't get to spend as much time as I wanted to. Um, so next year I will maybe, <laughs> but like to see the industry from a different perspective is what I always love to do anyway. It was so fascinating. Um, Cause I'm usually meeting like actors and directors, which I have, but to be meeting producers and executive producers and more of the fin financiers behind like the filmmaking was so fascinating. Cause now often do I get, the, the privilege to meet those people so that's been cool I feel like this year I was like okay this is amazing but it's like my year of like the lay of the land yeah even just getting around I was like I know where I'm going but like now I'd be like okay now next year I know to do this to do this to do this to meet this to go here to do that I feel like I've such like a map and a 
and like an idea of like how I want to yes. go through and, and enjoy the festival. So it's been amazing. I'm just, I feel like it's going to take me a couple of days yeah. to like absorb everything that, that I've been doing. Cause you're just moving so fast. Right. So it's like, like I, I lay here and I'm just like, wow, like I'm in France. I'm at Cannes. Like I never even it's, it's again, like it goes back to like when I was in college and younger, I was like, I never in a million years imagined that I could be and would be in this space. So I am, the gratitude is just <laughs> permeating mm-hmm. out of me because it, I just, this whole, I mean, I went to Paris before this. I saw Mona Lisa. Wow. I like, the old girl herself. The old queen. Like, <laughs> Mona Lisa. And like, even, even that, just like, I'm just absorbing these experiences because I never, I mean, of course it is, you can do it. Just not like it was impossible. It's just to be here in this moment in these moments, I'm, it's not something I take lightly or take for granted. So very grateful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I've learned since being here as well, because I think like when you go to film festivals in the U S obviously they're still incredible experiences, Mm -hmm. but I think that at times LA can feel a little bit limiting, you know, like you feel like you're kind of just like drowning in this like very large pond, but here, I think you realize just how massive the film market is. And you realize like so many other countries are doing this, that like LA is just such a small piece and such a massive puzzle of what the film market is. And for me, I think at least that's been a little bit comforting in a way, especially with this strike, you know, Mm -hmm. there's so many other ways that you can work in this industry. Mm -hmm. But on that note, can also, as you talked about, it's a marathon. And I think one of the things that's so hard about it is that like, there's constantly a panel, there's constantly a screening, there's constantly an event. If you want to be doing something, you can be doing something while you're here. So what are some healthy habits that you stick by? Like, do you have a routine that you feel like even in the midst of this chaos that you need to stand by that allows you to be the best version of yourself? Yes. Um, water. <laughs> <laughs> Getting enough rest mm-hmm. because there is so much to do. Sometimes people just kind of <laughs> um, neglect that we need to get rest. Yes. And that doesn't always have to be sleeping. It can be sitting still. It can be going to a cafe and just relaxing. It can be um, sitting in your room with your lights off. It can be mm-hmm. taking a walk mm-hmm. over this area where there's not a lot of people and like whatever mm-hmm. resting and recharging looks like for you. Um, for me, it was sleeping. <laughs> I was like, some days I just like, I just didn't get out of bed super early. Sounds very like obvious, but eating. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm excuse me, a lot of people here, like, we're not eating. I'm like, cause you're not scheduling time to eat. Mm-hmm. You're scheduling all these things that you have to go to back to back to back. And yes, there are like tray past foods and like light tapas, but like actually having a meal. And I've been very adamant about like, no, we're going to dinner. No, we're going to lunch. No, like, because I need, you need fuel for your body, especially Definitely. because we're on different time zones or sleep schedules off or doing, we're exerting a lot of energy physically, but also like talking to people is exerting a lot of energy. So definitely eating. And I've been prioritizing that. I didn't do it when we first got here. So I was like, so overwhelmed, but so excited. Cause I'm like the kind of person like, I hey, go, 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 go. Yeah. So now I'm like, no, I'm going to like stop and get lunch. And not, a, not like a fast lunch. I'm going to stop and sit down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to absorb my experiences for the day. And then I'm going to go back out into it. Like having that time for me, at least to recharge mm-hmm. and kind of ground myself has been imperative. And I didn't do it the first couple of days, but now I have like just like having some me time yeah. because you can overwhelm yourself and be overly, overly stimulated, which I have been a lot of days Yeah, because there's so much to take in, um, in the most beautiful way. So yes, definitely having eating, drinking a lot of water, 
resting and like having some self time, mm-hmm. self care. Um, it's definitely important. I wish I would have had a better routine, like wake up this time, have breakfast, stretch, do no, yoga. No, but that's not realistic. I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, how can I then um, orchestrate a something that works for me here? Because, you know, what we do at home doesn't necessarily always work when you're traveling or no. in different places. It, it sounds good. Yeah. But it's like, okay, how can I now um, create something that works for me here? I'm still getting, I'm still getting my self-care and yeah. still taking care of myself. I mean, I lost my voice. So I didn't do that well. Um, <laughs> you're but, talking so much to people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's imperative is making sure you are taking care of yourself. Cause it's so easy. Cause like we were, I was saying that yesterday. I was like, how is it already 7 PM? The days are just going mm-hmm. so fast. So yeah, taking, if you need to schedule it in, like I'm a visual person. So I have a schedule for everything. And I thought I'm like lunch, <laughs> dinner. <laughs> because we audition like gives you things that you can go to, right? But they don't sit like you can put in for yourself that you want to take a lunch break. Yeah. So like, I'll okay. Show you, I don't have my phone. Oh, I do. I'll show you guys. I don't have like it on the, I just have been like, I've been kind of changing it, but I literally put in, you know, like I have my day to day itinerary. Our so other have, host, Osh, I know is sad that she's missing this episode because she loves a thing like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I have like in there and I'm like, you know, a lot of it is films that I wanted to see, mm-hmm. but it's also the events that we have scheduled. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And the first couple of days I was like, oh, I have to do this, 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 this. And it's like, okay, yes. But you also can leave a little bit early mm-hmm. from one event, have something to eat, go a little bit later to another event, mm-hmm. um, depending on what it is. So yeah, I'm really making sure you're taking care of like, yourself because it's so easy to like the day is gone and now you're like depleted Mm -hmm. because you haven't had water enough water or you Mm -hmm. haven't rested enough or you haven't eaten enough oh yeah i mean some people can keep going (laughs) i hear that like they can like go to bed at five like seven (laughs) that is not me and after a while it takes a toll on your body yes 100 percent. so (laughs) long-winded no thank you we loved it okay so this for damsels in the dm so we have to ask this question what is the craziest funniest most inspirational or most intriguing dm that you have ever received i don't know intriguing i mean a lot of it is just people i don't a lot of them are bots now um people from my hometown reach out like oh i'm from akron to um and i've seen i follow your journey people from my that i went to school with a girl that i went to girl scouts i was in girl scouts with when i was seven like message me and like will say like they're they're supporting and just realizing that you're not alone on this journey even though it can feel like it sometimes yeah and people are rooting for you even if they're not always verbalizing it they're rooting for you so when I get those or messages from people from Ohio who are like oh um like I, I'm from Akron like your journey inspires me do you have any advice like I always love receiving messages like that mm-hmm. and then I also get like weird messages from people I'm like I don't know who this is <laughs> from like when I was like single they're like hey I met you on Bumble and I'm like who are you <laughs> I think a funny story this is so embarrassing but I did it I I remember when DMs you had to send a picture before you could send yes. like a message. So I used to like send pictures to celebrities like, "Hey Rihanna, like I can't wait. I can't wait to meet you." Like I still have them on my phone. It's so 
embarrassing. And I have like an old one, like before Chris Brown was probably like, but like of Chris Brown. And I was like, send him a picture of my salad. My friends love it because I was at Outback. And I was like, hey, Chris Brown, like rooting for you. And it's just so embarrassing. Like my <laughs> friends your salad. Yeah, I'll show you. My friends are like, why are you DMing these celebrities? Like I want them to notice me. And she's like, they're never going to see that. So I'll show you the Mariana one. It's so embarrassing. But I was like so confessed. I was like, Ariana's gonna see this and she's gonna be like, Yes, girl, I wanna be your friend. <laughs> and that was like my mentality behind it. I was like, Rihanna's gonna see it. She's like, I, I love that confidence though. And I'm, I'm keeping all these because I don't want to be like, See, girl, I messaged <laughs> you 20 years ago and now we get us in our 40s. Besties. <laughs> my poor service in here. But like, yeah, I, that's, I feel like that. <laughs> Pre, like when you could just send DMs to people, mm-hmm. you had to send a picture. And mine was a salad. And my friends love that story because they're like, why would you send someone a salad? And I was like, well, I didn't know what to do. I had to tell them, okay, let me see if I can find this one. This is so embarrassing for me. Yeah, I feel like he may have preferred a picture of something else. He never, shockingly, he never responded. Okay, that's me dancing. But hold on, you ready? <laughs> oh my God. Wait, can you show them <laughs> the salad? <laughs> 2015. There's my salad. Positive to you, Chris. <laughs> Hope you see my. He never saw the salad, unfortunately. Let me see the Rihanna That's his one. Loss, really. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I sent you my salad. Like, I wanted you to know, like, I'm sending you. Oh, yeah. Her, her Instagram is bad gallery. I forgot what I sent Rihanna. And I was like, oh my gosh, Rihanna can't wait to see this. Like, she wants to be my friend. I know it. And like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's just like some stuffed animals. <laughs> She's down. It's my old dresser and my stuffed animals with the caption, let's be friends. <laughs> 2013. I feel like this is more embarrassing than anyone anyone's ever said to me was that I was sending celebrities random photos and asking them to be my friends. So. Yeah, I think this is the best answer to the DM question that I've ever I'm pretty sure it is actually like that's unreal. And I can't wait for you to meet Rihanna and then like have it actually be like she's tagging you in a post or something and she scrolls up just to see this. Yeah. And it's like not even asking, just let's be friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, please tell our listeners where they can find you so they can send you some pictures of salads and uh, solely photos. Yeah. Oh my gosh, please. I actually am a huge Shrek fan. So if people ever want to send me anything of Shrek, I'm upset. I, I have a highlights on my Instagram just of Shrek things. So please send me Shrek memes, jokes, costumes, clips, whatever. Um, across all platforms, I'm Ashley Morgan, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H-M-O-R-G-H-A-N. Send me your Shrek memes. Mm-hmm. Let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Ashley. A word from our sponsors. So if you could please tell us your name and a little bit about the journey that you took to getting to where you are today. Okay, so my name is Gina May. Um, I initially started off as like a social media influencer, Hmm. got into um, music, like songwriting for a lot of artists. Wow. And then um, the first film I was in was basically about my hometown and where I'm from, Filipino-Americans in Southeast San Diego. And um, I didn't think it would go so far, but we won at Sun. We got selected to be wow. at Sundance, one at Sundance. That's amazing. One at South by Southwest. And we're just 
now in the road to like develop the feature film wow the short film so yeah that's <laughs> exactly where I was at yeah process. that's a big I, deal I know I, 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 everyone always says I say it like it's a regular thing yeah I, I just don't know how exciting we say it I love it. Um, okay, so when you were like influencing and then you got into music, did you have a moment where you were like, okay, I think I want to try acting now? Like, what was that shift for you that made you decide that you wanted to take that route? I guess it was when TikTok started. Oh. So I was on Instagram making skits about music. Like, I was making playlists and that's how I got into music. But TikTok started and I was obsessed with skits. I thought like it was so funny. I love like the little effects that TikTok had. Mm-hmm. So I, would make like 20 skits a day and I'd post them like three times a day. <laughs> like I kind of understood the algorithm <laughs> of TikTok. So I would post like three skits a day and they would like get 4 million views, 3 million views. Wow. Like, and I got a whole following on TikTok off of something I wasn't doing on Instagram, like a whole nother thing. And when I did that first film, I got casted because they also watched my TikToks and they were, they loved that I had these micro expressions and my eyeline, it really felt like I was wow. talking to someone when no one's there. Yeah. So then it, it really like translated into acting. And I was like, okay, I should probably take this seriously. Other than like when I was a kid and I would like make my cousins pretend to play high school musical with me. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, okay, I could take this seriously. It's not yeah. just fun. Yeah. It's fun and a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's gone really well for you this far, but I'm curious if you've had any challenges along the way. And this could be like within your influencing, within your song, whatever it is, yeah. you know, just something that our listeners could be like, oh, she's gone through it too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm Filipino and my parents are immigrants. So they're, before influencing before music i was in school to become a dentist <laughs> okay i just have yeah, to tell yeah, you yeah. so typically on this podcast there's two other hosts <laughs> and our other host ash was also in school to be a dentist yeah and she is now a model and actor so there must be something about dentistry yeah and i know smiles. she's so sad that she's not here to talk yeah about. yeah yeah i was in school and I, I i started with biochemistry and i was like doing like um, nutritional science like i was really interested in like like nutrition and teeth and like you know mm-hmm. like what makes our teeth the way they are yeah. and our anatomy you have great teeth thank so you sorry. yeah I was I was I, I love and me too <laughs> I look at people's smiles yeah. first but I went to school I was gonna tra- I was gonna transfer to USC to be to go to you went to USC yeah, I just applied I I know I was like I just applied again because I I want to do PR now oh, yeah like in a master's? no 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 I have an associate's in music production oh, okay. that's yeah and that was like now I've been acting and social media yeah. and all these things and I like want to learn PR I love everything about it and I I applied to transfer to get an actual bachelor's degree in um PR and I want to um do a concentration on music music business it's so weird because I applied for songwriting and I've songwritten for a lot of R&B artists and I didn't get in I have a 4.0 at my school as it's so weird so weird but but it takes a little bit it takes a bit I feel like it takes a bit but Yes, I was going to be a dentist and uh, my parents loved it. My mom's a nurse. All my um, parents, all my aunties and uncles, cousins are nurses. It's like the most Filipino thing you can do. And um, they were not happy 
with me doing social media, music, and acting. Mm -hmm. um, I guess they were a little interested in acting because it was about a Filipino-American family and they thought it was just for fun, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. it was for more than that. <laughs> so they were not really supportive of that um, when I dropped out of my first college of <laughs> dentistry. It was probably the scariest thing in my life. Um, I was really fully supported by them. They paid my rent. I had a car. I was a part of the phone bill. And then just I dropped out. I was like really depressed, anxious. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And I just dropped out and they dropped me too. And it was, it was a really rough. I think I was like nine months where I didn't go to school. And in that nine months, I did more social media. I did more skits. I got into music, song wrote. And then I was like, cool, I'm going to go back to school. And I'm going to learn music production so I can actually do that. So yeah, that was my really scary. Um, and also other than like, being an influencer, I was scared of jumping into another industry saying, oh, she's just an Instagram right, girl, which right. I've, I've gotten like mm -hmm. through music and acting. It's like a, the girl from TikTok, the girl from Instagram, you know? So yeah, yeah that yeah. was like that. Um, and I'm curious now, because it seems like you've had a lot of momentum mm -hmm. in like going from career to career to career. Yeah. And what now with the strike where kind of all of Hollywood is going to be in this slower period and everybody has to take a pause and now SAG is joining the strike. Mm -hmm. What are some of your plans during the strike and how are you going to keep like, your skills sharp so that when mm -hmm. we do come back, you're ready to go? Right. So um, when I was songwriting, I wanted to make my own music and kind of why I got into acting is to like make money so I can produce my own music. Mm -hmm. So I would go back into the music industry and still songwrite for more people, um, finally produce my own music and with TikTok and Instagram, keep making content. I've slowed down because of, I've been traveling to Sundance, to South by Southwest and here and I haven't had time to like actually make TikToks and skits again. So I would probably just go back into doing that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, do you have any tips for actors or people in the music industry who are just starting out and are looking at you right now and being like, I want to be where she is? Exactly. Like, how would you advise people? Um, I guess I feel like social media is really important. It's like the newest thing. I always say social media is like your digital storefront. So it's like the best way you can really like, you can meet people everywhere and send them your email, but if they can follow you on Instagram and or TikTok or an app that they're always on and see how you're like update, you know, get these updates of what you're doing, it's better when you meet like a cast director and they're like, oh, they make these skits, you know, it's like kind of put yourself out there and don't be afraid because I feel like when I first started this, I was like, I didn't know how casting worked. I thought it was so formal. You have to have an agent. Mm -hmm. You have to have a manager. You have to have been an actor for 20 years and and been in some like really crazy things to like or good, like famous things to make it. But really, like they could watch you on social media. They could see how you look, how your mannerisms are and just be like, I like who they are as a person, they would fit perfectly for this role. So yeah. I guess it's just put yourself out there because people are looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. God, it's a little scary, isn't it? It's scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be careful what you put out there. Um, so obviously we're here at the beautiful French Riviera. We're talking here at Cannes. Mm -hmm. What has your experience been like here? Because I'm this is your first time here, yeah. I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. So what's it been like? And, um, you know, just tell us a little bit about like what it's been like being one of the ones to watch here. Yeah. So, um, this is my first time on this side of the world. Wow. <laughs> I've been in the Philippines, but that's yeah. the other side of the world. 
Um, being once a watch is very humbling and yet also confirming. Um, I was in one film and before um, we've been here, I looked up all the other ones to watch. I was like, wow, they were in so many things. Like, they're so good. Like, they're constantly booking things. And I was like, I was in one film <laughs> and came from social media. I felt imposter syndrome at first, but then we had that party, the future of casting. Mm, and um, yeah. Darren was like, hey, surprise, you're going to be a panelist. And I was like, well, am I qualified to do this? Like, I'm looking at everyone else. I feel like they should be doing it. But Darren explained how I came from social media. And the film that I was in, I was casted through social media. And yes. it future of casting, like, that's kind of a new way we're going now. Instead of just, like, backstage and, you know, like, um, actors access. You know, like, mm -hmm. there's, like, we can do it through Instagram and social media now. So it's, it, like being here it's and everyone knows my name and my face and people have came up to me and they'll just randomly be like you're from Sundance and I'm like I'm from Sundance did I meet you at Sundance because I didn't go out that much yeah. and they're like no I know your face because you guys won wow. and your face is on the poster and I was like really I had thick bangs and eyeliner <laughs> and a big varsity jacket I don't know how you recognize me yeah. but it's like I was like wow people actually noticed it and people yeah. actually are like so into film that they could remember me and see me here and at these parties and it's just humbling and confirming at the same time wow. yeah <laughs> wow no I feel like that's such a special experience that you talk about um and I feel like that's not one that can be replicated yeah but I'm, sc I'm scared to come back next <laughs> year or come back and be, like, have the bar is set so yes. high yes. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm, you'll probably be jaded when you come oh, back next God. year you know I hope not like, but what maybe. do you mean I can't go to this party yeah. what do you mean I'm not a panelist <laughs> yeah yeah but okay so you brought up that you're a panelist here and mm -hmm. you brought up you know that you're one to watch and I feel like can is such a, a marathon, you know, it's yeah. like you're on to the next thing, you're on to the next thing, you're on to the, it's a hustle. Mm -hmm. So for you, like, what are some healthy habits that you feel like you had to stick by mm -hmm. even while you're here and things that like you do at home that you feel like even on the road, they're important for you to keep mm -hmm. doing that allow you to truly be the best version of yourself? Right. Okay. So naps. Okay. Naps are huge. And if everyone in this house knows I'm like sleepy head, like everyone <laughs> says like, you take a lot of naps. Like, or like, I always be like, I'm tired. I want to go back. And sometimes I don't actually take a nap. I sit, I just sit in my room and breathe because we're on this event. Now the next event, now a party, now a panel, now a screening, now another yeah. party. And, and like, it's, it's a lot. And I feel like I'm not, I'm not shy. I'm not an introvert, but I love being comfortable. Mm. So wearing makeup and wearing clothes and changing outfits was raining the last few days. My toes are wet. Yeah. I know. I feel like I have to, I, I like meditate in the shower and then I just relax on my bed. And that's what I do a lot. So I learned that from Sundance because when I was there, altitude sickness, we were so high in the mountains. We never took a nap. I was tired and I was so cranky and I like was crying because I was just so, I don't know, emotionally and just tired. So I really realized everywhere I go, I like schedule in my naps oh. and my like shower meditation yeah yeah, yeah. that must be a long shower if you're meditating I, I mean, no, in the like, shower I think it's more like like I'm washing my body feels like I'm cleansing everything out yeah I okay <laughs> yeah. okay because I'm a 10 minute meditation person you know I mean and I've done that too sometimes <laughs> I just kind of stand there in the the hot shower yeah, that would be me. Yeah. Okay, so we are damsels in the DMs. So we have to ask, and especially because you're an influencer, I feel like you're going to have some interesting stories on oh this my God. one. What is the either, it could be any of them, yeah. craziest, funniest, most inspirational, or most intriguing DM that you've ever received? 
Okay, I don't want to like say who they're from, like yeah, names. Okay, no, no, there's no. a lot because I made skits that were music based. I ended up becoming like a like the bridge between consumers wanting to find new music and artists wanting to promote their music. So I had a lot of really big artists DM me and say, "Hey, can you put my song in your video?" Or, "Oh, I love that you put my song in there. Thank you so much." So those were some inspiring things that was um or just crazy because I'm like. Wow, I'm gonna say your name. I'm like, wow, Chris Brown? What? Okay, you know, yeah, like, like yeah. okay, wow, like, you know, like, oh my God, Kaylani, yeah. you know, like, I'm just, yeah, 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 no, like, it was like big names, like, like, I was, and that's how I got into like writing songs and like big, you know, rappers, and they were like, yeah. she's pretty, you know, <laughs> and it was a lot of weird stuff, but I guess another inspirational one was, um, there was, there's this, um, funny talking about Chris Brown but like Karuchi who's like um she's like uh she, she I think she dated him and she's yeah. now an actress and she's Southeast Asian and she's half black and half Vietnamese and I remember I saw her at Sundance and I was talking to her and like messaged her and I was like I'm so glad after everything you took the route of acting because I you you were like brown Asian like me and I've never seen that before and I told her how it was a Sundance and she was like you know I'm proud of you and I was like <gasps> like why I just hear I'm proud of you I was like oh yeah, so that, that was so nice. Wow. Yeah, so nice. <laughs> That's a really good one. Yeah, it made me feel good. <laughs> yeah. 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 I wonder if like when celebrities say things like that, if they, they, they know, know the impact, you know, that it has on people. I, I don't know because um, maybe like when I first started influencing or when I first blew up, um, I was in my hometown at like the mall I grew up going to and there's a lot of Filipino Americans in my hometown and I was walking to the mall and a girl goes, <gasps> I follow you on Instagram. And she started crying and I was like I was freaked out a little bit like, are you gonna, what's this? Yeah. she was just like you don't know how important it is that I've watched you because you look like me I've never seen anyone look like me and feel comfortable she was like I feel pretty because I feel like I look like you she was like laughing I feel like I look like you and you know she was like crying like I feel like I'm I'm seen like and I and I was like oh my god you are you're beautiful and she just cried more and I was like oh my god okay so I know what it feels like on that end. Now I feel like I know what it is on the other end. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's, it's, it it feels good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to be that for someone. Yeah. That's yeah. such a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I think my biggest like quote or what I, my mission is like be who my younger self needed mm. because there was no, I mean like Filipino Americans, like anyone who was like famous Filipino, like they're half they're you they don't really look like it and no one looks like us. And it's kind of hard to, get into acting or believe you can do it because no one looks like us yeah 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 I went to the Philippines once it's a beautiful yeah. country <laughs> I think we win this universe every year uh, almost every year <laughs> Miss Philippines is like always top three at least so I'm like, yeah we're pretty. Don't forget about us. <laughs> I went to what Palawan. Palawan, I went there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This so kind of reminds me of it. Right yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I totally see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you please tell our listeners where they can find you and where they can stay up to date on what you're going to be working on next? Right. Okay. So, um, did I press it? Oh, I think I pressed it. Should be good. Yeah. <laughs> my Instagram is Gina WID. So like Gina, what are you doing? <laughs> and then my TikTok is Gina WTF. Like, Gina, what the fuck? Uh. You know? And um, yeah, that's I kind of update everything on there. Um, um, the film that I was in that one at Sundance, the Instagram is boulevard.shortfilm. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's where you can find me. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us here. And we hope thank to stay you. in touch with you and continue to hear what you're up to. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yay. Yay. Cool. <laughs> Okay, so do you mind telling our listeners your name and a little bit about what your journey was like that's brought you here today? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Kulan Farah. Um, a little bit about my journey that's brought me here today. I'm from originally from Tasmania, Australia. Was wow. born in Melbourne, actually. Um, my boyfriend studied abroad there, so I know he's a uh, very interested to hear your story. Oh, wow. in, in Melbourne or yeah, Tasmania? in Melbourne. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> look, it's it's. I love I love back home. I go back down as as much as I can to spend time with family and try and swim. Try and I went zip lining recently. Um, so a bit about my journey recently is I feel like the Tasmanian industry is slowly starting to change over time. Mm. You know, when I was younger, there wasn't too much of a film industry. There wasn't too much art when I was growing up. Uh, Mona, the Museum of Modern Art, that kind of changed everything. Um, and, you know, now it's known for being the artistic capital of Australia um, but I moved to Melbourne when I was about 17 and that's a journey that I can talk to you about a mm-hmm. little bit later. I originally went to film school as a writer director and I actually studied behind the camera, cinematography, screenwriting and directing. Wow. Thought I was just going to be a director at one point. And then, uh, I went and saw a man called Larry Moss in a masterclass he did in Melbourne and, uh, that sort of changed everything for me. And that's what uh, brought me here today. How did you know that you originally wanted to be an actor? Like even just to take the class, what was that shift for you? That's a great question. You know, growing up in Tasmania, what, one of my earliest memories was um, going to see The Wizard of Oz actually <laughs> with, I know, with my mom. They did like a retro screening of it. We had this thing called Busy Bees, uh, which is like pre-kindergarten. I think it's like three to four years old. Somehow I can still remember <laughs> going like in a Busy Bees group with my mom. And just being in like absolute awe of like, what is this? I'm in a cinema right now. Like, what is a cinema? How are these people like on the screen? Like I couldn't even like put two and two together of like how people are on the screen and how they're like giants, you know? And just from that experience, that made me ask my mom, like, you know, what is this? You know, she would explain it. And then the next thing that kind of changed my life actually was, um, Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Oh I'm gosh. just gonna shout out, <laughs> I'm gonna shout out the prequels here. Yeah. I remember watching The Phantom Menace when I was a kid and seeing Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. And I remember asking my mom, I was so young at the I think it was like three years old, two years old, something like that. I remember asking my mom, like, mom, like, what, who is that? Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> and she had to explain what that is. And I remember seeing like a Moulin Rouge VHS tape, mm. like on my dinner table when I was like three years old. And I asked my mom, how is Obi-Wan like in this as well? My mom had to explain like, no, that's the job of an actor. And ever since then, I was just, I was so curious um, that you could do that, that you could use your imagination to go from, two completely different worlds, two completely different genres. Then my mom put me in my first acting class and yeah, I just never stopped. Wow. And where are you located now? Are you still in Melbourne? Actually now I'm located in LA. Um, Yeah. Which is a little bit of an adjustment. So we just recently made that kind of move, made that adjustment. Um, I'm going back to Australia after this festival just to clear some stuff up Mm -hmm. and then I will be, uh, yeah coming back to LA very soon. Um, So that's exciting. How long has it been now that you've been in LA? Uh, Look, I've been going back and forth for a long, long time. Uh, I came down for, well, up, I should say, (laughs) Pan-African versus Australian brain for the um, uh, Pan-African Film Festival. Um, Got to meet Danny Glover there. I was staying there for a while. Came back to Australia, did a play there and then came back again. Um, So yeah, this is me just returning, returning back to LA. 
That's awesome. So what are some challenges that you faced along the way? If you can share to have like, did you have something that was a moment that you had to overcome in order to continue to pursue your career? Because like on this podcast, we talk a lot about how, you know, talent is one thing, talent's so important, but one of the main things that really allows you to pursue in this career is persistence. Um, so we'd love to hear if you have like a little story you can share about persistence. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think um, persistence is key. Mm -hmm. You know, there were many, I know I mentioned that masterclass with Larry Moss. And I think a little bit of context was when I first uh, was studying to be a writer director, I went to a school called the Victorian College of the Arts, VCA, which is a film school in Australia, in Melbourne. And the reason I did that, firstly, I've always loved film. I also am a writer. I also direct as well. And I think at the time I had it in my mind that I couldn't act. I know that's great. That might sound crazy to me. I, I once had a teacher that sort of got in my head and made me think uh, maybe I should stick to behind the camera. So that's why I went and studied at film school and I tried to get my head around the other side of things. And once I went and saw Larry Moss in, I think it was 2015, 2014, something like that. He made me understand and realize like, no, like I can do both. And mm. I remember running outside of that class and calling my mother in tears, just being like, mom, I can also act. And I think I had to overcome that with per perseverance and persistence. And ever since then, it's, it's a balance between craft and industry um, and understanding how to marry the two together. I think I like to look at the industry with my artist hat on. I don't necessarily separate it. I think it's creative, you know, you're constantly building relationships, you're constantly um, meeting new people. And to me, like that is artistic, it's not necessarily separate. So for me, that is a big part of the perseverance is being able to push back when somebody makes you believe that you can't do it, or mm. if a teacher gets in your, your mind or whatever it might be. If you just follow your heart, like back when I was, uh, you know, going to see the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> and you kind of stay on that train and you, you keep doing things for the right reasons, you keep coming back to your heart. I think uh, nothing can stop you in the end. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I think that so many people are listening to you now from all over the world, right? And they're looking at you like, how can I be him? How can I get to where he is? Because I think like, especially when you grow up in a place like Australia, LA and Hollywood that all seems so far away, right? Like I grew up in Philadelphia, which is just across the country from LA. And still it was like this Mecca of the industry that felt so big to me. What would you advise people who are just starting out as actors to do? That's a, that's a great question. And I can really relate to your story as well. I think Tasmania for me felt that like the furthest possible uh, place away from Hollywood you could imagine. Mm -hmm. I mean, Australia is already like from where we are in Cannes, yeah. you know, it's already like 23 hours away from here on a plane, yeah. stopping over in Qatar. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so it's already a, a, such a long way away. I think what I would recommend for people to do it's such it's such a tough one I think you got to do things for the right reasons and hmm. I think it's got to be craft focused I think that's the only thing you can ultimately control mm -hmm. is your craft and you got to love the process if you don't love the process of acting if it doesn't make you feel good while, while you're doing it um, I don't think it's going to be worth it for you and I think you also got to look at, as I mentioned before, like building relationships, getting out, meeting people. you got to look at that with your artistic hat on. Um, I don't think you should separate it. And yeah, you should just keep pushing, 
Um, if anyone tells you to stop or this isn't for you, um, you just keep showing them, you just keep working on your craft. You mm -hmm. just keep loving the process because if you love it, no one else can take that totally. away. You know what I mean? You put yeah. it together. If you're enjoying it, like who, how, how can somebody say you can't do this? Yeah. Like, it just might mean that particular role or whatever that opportunity is just isn't for you. There's always yeah. going to be something else for you. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball because, um, because I think it's so interesting what you're talking about, about how you really have to love it. Cause I say that all the time, because I think that like, if you don't really love it, it's really hard to make yourself be persistent to continue in on this journey. And I don't know about for you, but for me, like the art of it is always wonderful, but sometimes the business aspects that go along with it, like can be so tiresome for me um, that I'm constantly having to like push myself and put myself in different places, but it's always the art of it that brings me back to it. Mm -hmm. And even like in the auditioning process, I actually really like auditioning because I do think that it allows you to um, like sink into a character if only for a brief amount of time, but it still gives you a chance to play, you know? So how have you made the auditioning process enjoyable for yourself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it, it comes back to what I was saying before about enjoying it. For me, I look at auditions as just a way to act. You know what I mean? I think because also, as I mentioned, I, I'm a writer director too, and you, know, and you know, I see a lot of actors as well. And when I was doing my short film, Akuma Atu, I was seeing a lot of actors, self tapes and submissions. And I think the ones that really popped was when you can tell like, no, this is their choice that they're showing me right mm. now. It's obviously something they love. They're not worried about like what I think of it or what I want. I'm open to other actors, like exploring different options or taking the character into their hands. And you got to be not afraid to do something completely different and throw a curveball to that casting director or producer or director or whoever it is. So I think for me, just look at it as an opportunity to do something different and, and, and act. I mean, we only get limited chances to act in the very beginning. You know, it's like, why wouldn't you take that as and just treat it as theater, just treat it as another performance on camera and just really enjoy the process of what you're doing. Because if you are desperate to like nail a role, mm. Like you can smell that. I can smell it looking at the tapes and, yeah. it, and it influences it. You can see it in the, in the person's eyes. You can see it in their choices. They're stiff. They're not moving. You got to be able to just let it rip. If it's too much, it's too much. Like yeah. what do we, what do we have to lose? If you kind of look at it like that, I look at it as if I didn't get the role, cool. I just explored this really interesting character and that's building my acting muscle. So the next one, like, you know, I can maybe explore someone who has a particular walk or a particular talk like this. So that's how I'd look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a powerful thing that you bring up. And speaking of a performance, you know, can can feel itself like a little bit of a performance, you know, because you're constantly having to be on interacting with so many different people and taking in and really soaking in this experience. And I'm curious for you, this is your first time here, right? Okay, so and you're here with one of the ones to watch like that's such a massive deal. How has it been? What's your experience been like here? Because I know people are watching like I want to be you. So tell everybody like, what's it really like being here? I, I think, yeah, just, just playing into what, what you said before, I think it's about not making it a performance. Mm -hmm. I think it's about just being your authentic self. And I think similar to the auditioning, like people can smell that, you know, mm -hmm. you want to be able to have authentic interactions and conversations with people. Cause at the end of the day, like if it's going to be a relationship, you, it's got to be on both ends. You got to be like, no, I can vibe with this person. They can vibe with me. That's my best self. I'm not, 
presenting anything that's outside of that. So I would look at it as just come and be yourself. And if, if people vibe with that, they vibe with it. If they don't, they don't. And, and it's really that simple. I might, I know it might sound like a little bit um, simplistic. It's, it's going around some obstacles. People, I think the, those obstacles are just mental. I think if you take those obstacles out of your mind and you're just present with people, like we're present now, I think you can get to know people on a human level. And I think ultimately that will lead to uh, fruitful collaborations. Mm -hmm. So I think, as I mentioned before, just keep that artistic hat on, um, be passionate, talk about what it is that you do with passion. Like don't run away from it. Don't try and kind of go up and around and not mentioning what it is that you do. Just where, you know, whether it's acting or producing or filmmaking, just on your sleeve, have pride about it and just be authentic. And if you make a new friend, then that's great. If you mm -hmm. don't, you don't, whatever. You're at an amazing festival, the greatest festival in the world. Yeah, yeah. Have you enjoyed it? <laughs> yeah, that's a great thing. I have, I have. You know, it's. I didn't know what to expect when I first came to this festival. Yeah. I really did not know. But um, I'm very grateful um, to be here with We Audition. I've known Darren for years and years. You know, we've been friends since I think 2018, wow. I'm going to say. Yeah, when he first came to Melbourne and we met each other. And um, yeah, I think for me, it's it's been, it's exceeded my expectations, to be honest. It's not exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's, it's a lot more, you know? Mm. So I'm just trying to take everything in, soak everything up as I kind of go through the festival. And sometimes just turn your phone off, you know what I mean? And just be like, look, I'm just with people right now. I'm trying not to think about posting or social media or whatever it is. I'm just soaking up this beautiful view. I'm just talking to you right now. And yeah, no, it's, it's definitely exceeded my expectations. That's amazing. Um, I feel the same way. I think that it's important just to remind yourself like, wow, I'm here in the French Riviera. Like, um, and we talked a little bit about like, you know, you're, you, when you were a kid, being in Cannes was such like a faraway idea growing up like so far away from Hollywood, you know, that I think like it is nice to really soak in the full circle moment of it all. Um, and I think it's hard not to get caught up in like the glitz and the glam of it, but really just take those moments to build authenticity. But it is definitely a marathon. You know, I know you're going to panels, you're going to events, you're doing photo shoots here, you're talking to me. What are some healthy habits that you maintain in your life that you feel like even while you're here in can you have to keep up with in order to be like the truest best version of yourself? That's a great question. For me, I'm I'm quite spiritual. You know, for me, like I I believe in God. Um, so coming back, to my mom is really gonna like that. Shout out my oh, mom. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna be like, no one ever comes on your podcast and says that. What a nice answer. Listen, you know, yeah. That's and that's for me. You know, everyone everyone's <laughs> got their own beliefs, but for me, that's that's the thing that's kind of guided me here the most. You know, mm -hmm. is is believing in God is understanding like, no, I, I'm here for a reason. God has sent me on this journey from, you know, the Wizard of Oz. From that all the way to, you know, living in Tasmania, from going to film school in Melbourne, from seeing Larry Moss, from focusing on my craft. I also went to New York and trained with Susan Batson and then coming back and having this chat with you. Like that in itself is a marathon. So I think, just coming back to God and just just praying to show you um, to show you a fruitful day to meet people that you know you may build future collaborations with or just to meet new friends. I think that's more important. I think that's just what I want to do with this festival is be able to come away and say, no, I met some friends from Germany or you know 
Italy or mm. wherever it was. I was hanging out at the Saudi Arabian Pavilion mm. a, a few times during this festival. So I think coming back to God, trying to sleep, <laughs> it's, yeah. it is hard. I'm not going to lie. Uh, just, you know, being at all these different events and panels, it, sometimes it's hard to get the amount of sleep or, or to yeah. remember to eat. But I think if you come back to God, even if you may have missed those elements, ultimately it'll be a fruitful experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. Um, and it's definitely hard to keep up with any habit while you're here. So thank you for being honest about that. Yeah. You know, I, I try, I try to get sleep. I, I try to <laughs> eat properly, but it is a little hard. It is yeah. a little hard. So I just make sure, you know, I pray, I come back to God and I, and I ask that, uh, you know, I'm not going to, uh, to pass out. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so true. So true. Um, okay. So I have to ask you this because we're damsels in the DMS, you know? So I need to ask you, what is the craziest, most inspirational, intriguing, or funniest doesn't have to be all just one pick an adjective wow. DM that you've ever received. <sighs> Okay, that's yeah. I'm gonna have to go through my DMs <laughs> in my mind right now. Wow, we've had some pretty funny stories so far today with, with all of the ones to watch. So I'm interested yeah. to hear what you say. I, I'm not gonna go with a funny one for now. Okay, I'm cool. gonna go with something that resonated with me. You know, which is someone because I'm also Somali as well as Australian. You know, having a Somali brother message me and just saying like, "We support you." Do you mm. know what I mean? That's it. Like we 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 see what you're doing. And we appreciate it. And thank you for like putting us on in the Somali community, you know? And obviously I'm trying to do that for Australians as well. I'm also just trying to be human, you know, yeah. which is important. Um, I think representation is, you know, a big, big deal. But I think it's also important to just understand like I'm a human at the end of the day. I'm not just Somali, I'm not just Australian. But to have someone from say Mogadishu hit me up and say, no, we, re we really appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you for bringing light to our country. I think that is something that you, you just can't beat, you know? And I wanted to give you some funny ones. There was, a, <laughs> there was a few in my mind, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to have to go from the heart here. So, yeah. No, I think the ones from the heart are the best. I remember I had somebody DM me that I was their Shiro, you know? And those things that like, they hit you, you know? Because I think like, in this career path, I was saying to you, there's like such a hustle and bustle of it all that I think when you do have those moments to sit back and being like, wow, me pursuing this career makes a difference to somebody like that's what really makes it all worth it. 100%. 100%. Even if it's just one person right. you know, that says, wow, I, your work resonates with me. That's, that's a huge part of it. You know, obviously you have to enjoy it for you. But I think if that enjoy enjoyment of yourself can resonate with somebody else i think you know you, you're onto something yeah okay final question but what does it feel like to be a one to watch i think it means that you've some the relationships that you've built over time have become fruitful you know for me like you know i met darren back in 2018 mm. And now we're here together, you know, side by side, hands over each other's shoulders, going to these events together. And it's camaraderie, you know, it's being a part of a team. It's being a part of a community. It's not just me, me, me. It's not us. Like I'm here to support everyone else. I'm here to support Darren, Isabel, you know, Gina, Salu, um, Ashley, um, Nikki. I'm here to support the entire team. It's not just about me. And I couldn't have done this experience with anybody else 
Um, it's been an absolutely beautiful experience to be able to share it with people and be in a space with so many incredible artists. So that's what I would say. I think the other things of it, yes, I, I see where you're going with it. Like, what does it mean to be a once to watch? I, I get that. But I think the most important thing to me is like, I'm here with some great friends and they might just be switching to best friends. You know what I mean? And I think they're relationships that I want to hold on to for you know the rest of my life. So I think you have such a beautiful outlook on life and so much of what you have said has really resonated with me today. And I really appreciate it. And I want you to know that like for this interview, you're making an impact on so many different people. And I think that the way you view the entertainment industry as these like genuine, authentic conversations is really refreshing. And um, I'm going to be taking it with me. So thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> Pleasure's mine. Can you please tell our listeners where they can find you and how they can stay up to date with your work? Of course. My name is Kulin Farah. You can find me on Instagram, which is the best place to look at my work. Um, I just did a film called Akuma Atu. There's no official translation to it, but it essentially means best wishes. You say it when you're cheersing each other in Somali culture, short for Akuma Anatu. Um, other than that, did a TV show called Neighbours, which you can find online. Um, any Australian listening to this would know what's up with that. And yeah, other than that, um, yeah, moving on to, to America next month and we'll see uh, where God takes me. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being here. No worries, my pleasure. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe to us on wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Please continue to send us your DMs of the week so that we know what you want to be hearing from the guests. And if there's any guests who you'd like us to have on, shoot us a DM. You know where to find us. All right, everyone. It's been another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time, it's going down in the DMs. Bye. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.